Cast. Once again, I'm your host, Ben Joe. We got Dan Bullard running the, uh, the magical board over there, pulling pulling knobs, uh, sliders, all sorts of awesome faders. But tonight we have Mrs. Giovanni Akami. Uh, goes by Joey. I guess I think I'm going to call you Joey. I like that. It's just, it's a great nickname. She's a, I'd, I'd classify you as like a Neo Soul. Do you, do you accept that classification? Uh, more of like ambient alternative, and then I like neo soul. Uh-huh. I'm just a mixture, but we'll just keep it at like ambient alternative. Ambient alternative, very good. Uh, great artist from you're from. Are you from Tennessee Valley originally, or? Yes, I'm from Huntsville. Very cool. Yeah, we love to have you. I mean, uh, people don't people don't realize how much of uh, a contrast and a gradient of music that we have here because I think. People like stick to their own little uh, groups, you know. Yeah. Like when I started doing this uh, radio show, I didn't I didn't know anything about metal, but now we've had like metal, and then we've had these guys that used to do metal, and now they do jazz come in, and I'm like, this is amazing. I had no idea, but uh, very happy you could be out here. You can find Joey's stuff on YouTube. I think you did a pretty popular cover, uh, "Pretty Thoughts." How old? How old? About how old is that one? Mm, about a year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that one come about like quickly? Did you know you were going to do it uh, with the other artists and everything? Well, I covered it on my phone, posted it, got <laughs> a lot of great feedback. I have like 13,000 views on it now on my SoundCloud. Wow. And then Petite Biscuit, a.k.a. Medi, he came to me and he's from France and he was like, hey, give me the stems for this song and I want to make it into a pop what? remix. And I'm like, okay, did, sure. Did he just like send you an email or what yeah he he sent me an email through soundcloud that is really cool i mean that's amazing that you can just you know the same phone you talk to or like your mom calls you and it's like do the thing i told you to do is the same one that you can reach someone in france and do stems like that did that was that like the first time you had uh really worked with someone like long range like that to produce something um from another country yes uh-huh. but the first person that i ever worked with was this guy named Shamana, mm-hmm. aka Sean, and he lives in Ohio. And okay. we did a, a trap song. <laughs> <laughs> and we even have a music video for it. It's oh, called Varicose awesome. Veins. Very cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like uh I know you did another another kind of mashup song with Almas Electric Feel and Gooey, which I was listening to. Uh how'd that one come about? Did you did you track him down or did they just hear your stuff and He heard my stuff. And then we started talking, and he wanted to do an original first. And then when I listened to the track that he sent me, I was like, wow, I can totally mix these two songs together. Let's do it. And nice. so then we just did it. So did, did you heard you heard his track. Did you immediately like feel both of those songs in there? Or did it was just one like, oh, this one works, and also this one, or what? Well, at first it was Electric Feel, uh-huh. and I started singing the song to the track as soon nice. as I heard it. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, I could totally make a mashup. What's a really good song that I like right now? And that mm-hmm. was Gooey by Glass Animals. So I'm like, okay, the this actually fits. Let's do it. And he's like, okay, I like the idea. Awesome. Just converse back and forth. That's really cool. Uh, and uh, about how long would a project like that take? I'm just curious. I think that one took maybe a week and a half. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you also do visual art as well. Uh, when did that did that start? Before or after music? Or I've always done art. Like mm-hmm. art has been first. I really been into anime, and so I try to draw my own manga. Uh-huh. And so um, I had a really great art teacher. His name was Mr. Landingham. I had him for seven years, and I don't know. I just I've always loved well, art. See, that's awesome because you. Get, I mean. Shout out to him and all great art teachers because you can inspire people way down the line. I know, I know, I still remember like some of my uh, best teachers from even from a really young age because uh, I guess you, you, I mean, you're with them for like a year. You really get to know them, Pretty like much. for better or for worse. You get to know your teachers well, so that's really cool. So uh, how how he has did his um, own studio, by the way? Oh, really? Is it around here? Yeah, it's at the Flying Monkey. Very cool. It's on yeah, the top level. All right, so we can look down and just see the whole world stretched out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, I guess that's the third level, or I don't even know how tall it is now. It's where the new level is, the new uh-huh. wing that they created. I'm guessing that's 
east or west. Yeah, yeah I like believe that. it's east, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but he's right next to that. Yeah, cool. And the flying monkey has really uh, exploded. And I, I was really astounded by how many artists, like, they get in there and, like, yeah. how much workspace goes on in there. Like, it can only be uh, a hub of art because there's so many artists working there. And they've got, like, the Foundry and Vertical House Records and all yeah. that stuff. So Definitely. did did uh, visual art ever inspire any of your music or vice versa? Vice versa. Okay. Like, I've written a few songs because of anime. Mm-hmm. Like, the visual art just inspired me. Like, I love Miyazaki films. Oh, like yeah. Studio Ghibli. Like, every... All of that. It's just so great. And so the stories and the animes inspired me to write music. And then when I write music, sometimes I'll just look at art or listen to music mm-hmm. while I'm writing music. Yeah, and uh, like I, think, I think a lot of those, like, Miyazaki films are, like, pretty emotional. Do you find that, like, those emotions kind of latch on to you and then you work, move them into song that way? Or? Yeah, for some reason I like, I like anime more than real-life movies. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like there's, there's more morals behind it and mm-hmm. the way that the artists draw the characters can really show more emotion than any actress can. Yeah. And the the soundtrack, like they usually they focus more on the visual presentation mm-hmm. just because it is a drawing, and then they focus more on the music as well. And with, <laughs> I hate to say it, with live action movies, mm-hmm. it's more of just how can we entertain our people, right? You know, so they try to put as much action as they can in there, or they feel like it's going to be too boring. Yeah, where it's, like, focused on uh, physicality. It's like, oh, it's Brad Pitt's really hot in this movie. Like, watch this movie kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, I think uh, there's a there's a lot of people with beef with uh, the music industry as it kind of grew off of MTV and stuff because it was becoming so, like, picture central. You know, they'd be like... Uh, it, a lot of people felt like, oh, it's not it's not even talking about the music anymore. It's about, you know, who's who's got, like, looks good in a, a diamond earring or something, you know? So yeah. it's cool. And, and I think anime focuses a lot on um that kind of conveying those emotions with a completely unique um art i guess you'd say and totally imaginative production they really produce the feeling with art (laughs) (laughs) what what anime would you suggest like someone who hasn't had any any like um experience in an anime like a movie or or otherwise well, see. my top favorite shows would have to be Samurai Champloo, mm-hmm. and then we've got Cowboy Bebop and Future Diary. Future Diary is kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> it's one of those psychological animes, which is my favorite one, mm-hmm. kind of like Death Note, you know, mm-hmm. where you have to figure out what's going on, but sometimes it might not turn out that way. It really makes you think and want to keep watching it until the very end to see what happens. And another anime that's like that that I'm watching now is called Imawa no Kuni no Alice, which is Alice in Borderland. Huh. And that one's that one's fresh. Like there's only two episodes out right now. There's not even a, a full English title for it yet, right? Well, there's <laughs> there's subs for it. Uh-huh. That's about it. The third episode is raw right now. Okay. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Just can't wait. It's on your calendar, kind of thing. Yes. So, is there anything about uh, Japanese culture or? that you think influences how that art's made or is it have you run into a lot of american anime that's just as effective for you um anime is anime right (laughs) i started out with japanese anime like Mm -hmm. my first manga was dazzle and my friends introduced that to me and that's how we became friends because they (laughs) all loved anime and then we had our little anime group and i don't know i just i'm really into the culture as well so I love oriental things. I even went to Japan twice. Oh, very cool. I went when I was, a, I was a baby, and then I went to visit my uncle like five years ago, and that was pretty cool. I love the fact that the Japanese pay attention to really detailed items. Like mm-hmm. They're very detailed people, even their little like phone charms. Right. Americans didn't come up with that, you know. Yeah, little like, tiny stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's just everything is so cute there. No matter yeah. what it is, there was a pineapple factory in Japan, and they had a mascot with like blushing symbols on their face. Uh-huh. They had like a little tear like drop a giant in its pineapple eye. person or something. Yes, <laughs> and I have a picture with it with my uncle and my family. Oh, that's cool. And it, it was cool. Like they just make everything cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, it's cute. it's weird because it's like their their theme 
at least that they seem to export is is like this feeling of cuteness i guess it's like some some uh places like canada or some other you know africa they got like a rugged exterior but japan just excudes or exudes cuteness which is kind of it's kind of weird it's like a it's uh it's interesting that that became like the centerpiece of a whole nation <laughs> at least on their art and stuff i love it i think if i went to tokyo i'd probably explode <laughs> so much cuteness so you didn't get to go to tokyo last time you, no, you didn't just went to, I went to Okinawa. Okay. I passed through Tokyo. Like, we had to get on a, a plane in Tokyo, and the airport was pretty nice. I didn't see too many kawaii things, but mm-hmm. well, it's okay. <laughs> so is there anything about Japan that, like, really surprised you when you got there? The food. The was food it? was not greasy at all. Ah, yeah. It was delicious and mm-hmm. fresh, and it just melted in my mouth. I was so excited. I wanted to cry. Everything was just great. Yeah, that makes me really want to go to Japan now because <laughs> I we love went food. To, we went to this festival. I forgot the name of it, but I saw my first shooting star there. Oh, cool. And there's two things that were my... Actually, no, there's three things that were my favorite that I ate. These little chicken balls. And uh-huh. there's like five of them that came on a stick and you got like three different sticks. And it came in this like sweet teriyaki sauce, but it's nothing like the... Like, when you go to the mall and you get teriyaki mm-hmm. chicken, it's nothing like that. Like, it, it was just amazing. I had, like, four of those. And then there was this slushy, and it had beans at the bottom and this bean sauce. And mm. then it had dumplings, like two little dumplings, and then the ice on top. It was the most amazing thing <laughs> I had ever had. It was just amazing. And then they had this cotton candy that was in this really, like, thin plastic bag. Mm-hmm. So it felt like you were touching the cotton candy, but you weren't. It was just the bag. And it was really light and soft, almost like it could just go up into the air like a balloon. It was what? amazing. They sound like they have perfected the carnival food <laughs> over there. Like, like I said, the guys, detail. Take, yeah, take take detail. a hint from Japan and do some of this stuff. Yes. Like at the Alabama Carnival. Yeah. Very cool. That makes me very hungry. It's like, wow. I know, right? Well, uh, let's talk about some of this music. So you got Maybe You're Right. Uh, do you want to talk about the song at all before we play it? Sure. Okay, so Maybe You're Right. Basically, I went through a breakup at the beginning mm-hmm. of the summer, and it changed my life completely. I was with this guy for two years, and uh-huh. we're together now. But, you know, we, we solved our differences, and we've kind of grown up since then. Yeah, it's like one of those life, still, yeah. yeah, it's one of those life changing events that just makes your point of view change completely. Mm-hmm. And so I just started writing about it, and I thought maybe he was seeing another girl because he wasn't talking to me. So then I was like, okay, well maybe you're right for another girl, right? So I wrote yeah, about I like that it. play on words. <laughs> you had it. It's yeah. very good. All right, this will be Giovanni Akami with maybe you're right.
must be someone Joey Akami with Maybe You're Right. So this one seems pretty heavily influenced by like relationships and stuff. Did uh, did that come about this whole song and the idea for it come about really quickly, or or did it take like a time where you kind of put it together and all that? Well, usually when I write, I know it's what I want. Mm-hmm. There's only like a couple of songs that I didn't particularly get done in one day. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like the worst. That one took time because I produced it all by myself. But uh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I was pissed off that day. Just wrote out all of and my And it just feelings. came out, like, really quick. Yeah, huh? and then, like, at 2 a.m. <laughs> I released it because I was like, wow. whatever. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling right now. Oh, that's I'm just awesome, going to put it out. That's cool that it can, like, go through the process and become uh, what it is already. So has it changed much since then? Did you go back and, like, look at it and change it up? Or is it just stay as it stood? It's it's the same. It's the same. Very cool, yeah. very cool. Uh, yeah, I like the like play on the words with maybe you're right and you're maybe you're right for another girl kind of thing. That was good. I like that. So uh, some of the phrasing in this where um, you've got kind of almost like a breakdown and pause and stuff with must be someone, must be someone. Did the, did you know you were going to do it like that or did the poetry just kind of work that way or what? Uh, it just, I don't know. My creative my creativity level was on point that night. Right. I'll just leave it at that. Like my favorite part of the chorus is the background vocals mm-hmm. where it goes someone and I'll stop and say some and then it'll finish with one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's really cool. Like I but I didn't intend for it to be like that. I didn't just write it all out and say, Okay, this is what's gonna happen. But just, I think some of the best out. music comes from not knowing how it's gonna turn out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's what's cool about live performance and something that like goes through a quick gestation period like this is you kind of get that spontaneity. And uh, so so you still play this one for your BF or <laughs> you're like, hey, yeah. remember that? No, I mean, like, like line. <laughs> he's listened to it, you know, but he knows it's my music. Mm-hmm. And at the time he wasn't talking to me. So I wrote how I felt. And I don't care if other people are listening. Right. Like, I did it for me. Right. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. So you got another track, What Do You Want To Be, or Raw might be a, just like the subtitle, or is that yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, I can, for this show, I combined it, because both songs are about a minute long, mm-hmm. and they kind of go hand in hand. It's kind of like self-discovery. It's, <laughs> these songs came out in the order that I wanted them to, basically. Um, like break up, break up, and then finding out who I am, mm-hmm. and then now I pre- I pretty much have myself figured out, but I'm still learning new things every day. Oh, that's um, good. But those those two songs are just basically like be yourself, you know, and me loving myself mm-hmm. for who I am. It's Giovanni Akami with "What Do You Want to Be?" More raw than you. <laughs> Simple, so simple, the art of the crippled I have enough 
enough time to erase the lines of hateful distractions and miscommunications and plastic bases and walls of creations of raw. That one's kind of like a, to me, it sounds like a, a declaration, you know, like an int- like intentional, like, this is what I'm about. Because you say something about, like, I'm just making music, you know? Yeah, it's what I love to do. Yeah, so did that did that come about, like, you were just writing that? And you're like, this just makes sense to me. Pretty much. Like, I didn't have a, the instrumental in mind yet. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to use a Beside You instrumental, but I wasn't sure yet. So right. I just wrote down what I was feeling that day, and then it all kind of patched together, found the instrumental, and just, I pretty much do all of my songs in one day, unless, like I said, <laughs> I'm producing the whole thing by myself. That's pretty interesting, because, you know, we get we get some folks in here, and they're like, they, they do that kind of emotional composition where it's just like, yeah, we feel it, we make it, it's done with, and then you get some... Uh, people that come in here and they work like a year and a half and they're you know and their songs are still like changing and stuff so it's cool that there's like different sides of the coin to it too you know well color of the birds Mm -hmm. which is a song that i'm going to be doing for the women in jazz festival on the 19th that one is probably about two years old oh really yeah has it changed a lot over the time or um yeah how i interpret it now mm-hmm. now that i actually know what i was talking about in that song because when <laughs> i wrote it i just kind of wrote it 
but um, I've changed a couple of words in it since then and actually know what I was feeling at that time. Because not until recently I started uh, discovering who I am. No, that's really cool. Uh, so this song's got like two kind of separate parts. Were those just all streamed together uh, when you first made this thing or, or were they separate ideas or what? Separate ideas. Mm-hmm. You just felt like the transition works and just pull it in there, right? Yeah. Very cool. And uh, what what got you started in this like genre of music? Is just like music you just enjoy, or were there any uh, influences or something that got you started on kind of like on this like ambient path? Um, probably. It's it's really funny because I actually used to listen to screamo and metal uh-huh. and rock. I listened to like ninety five point one until I was in high school. And then that's when, like, my sophomore year, I started changing. That's around the time that I started talking to Sean and Corbin. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean, a.k.a. Shamana. And then Corbin is also a producer from here. He goes by Oni. But he's in Birmingham now. I think he's he's still making some music. Cool. Uh, I talked to him recently. He's doing well. But I talk to Sean pretty much every day. Um, He introduced me to a lot of great ambient music because he made, like, ambient trap mm-hmm. and so i started getting into rap i actually hated rap before really but now i, I love rap i love uh-huh. i love all music even country but uh-huh. i don't listen to country on a daily but i appreciate the music right um but the way i did get into ambient music was through sean and soundcloud mm-hmm. soundcloud has a buttload of ambient music <laughs> and spotify spotify has a lot of underground alternative ambient artists that I can listen to. Were there any artists that you listened to and were just like, it snapped and you're like, yes, that's that's what I want to make. Something Elena similar or like... Baraz. Uh-huh. She's like... How do I even explain it? <laughs> she is butter. Okay? And her producer Delicious. is the bread. Uh-huh. Like, together they just make powerful R&B-ish alternative mm-hmm. ambient music. And I'm like, man, she's reaching my soul and just dragging it out of me. I want to make some music that does that to other people. That's very and cool. So that's when I knew I wanted to do chill, like ambient music. Oh, very cool. Well, this next one we got is The Worst. That's the title of the track. Do you want to speak about that one before we play that one for everybody? That one I produced all by myself. You know, I play the acoustic guitar. I've been playing for seven years. So this is, it's like a, my baby. I'm watching it grow. <laughs> You know, I have it on Bandcamp for sale, and it's going to be on iTunes for sale as well. So buy it if you enjoy it. (laughs) It's only like a dollar. This will be Giovanni Occamy with The Worst.
Roland, I said, Giovanni, I said no, no <laughs> references on the show. Anyways, that was Giovanni Akami <laughs> with the worst, not a reference to anything. So that was uh, all instrumental by you, right? Yes. Very cool. And you said you've been playing guitar for how long? Seven years. So when did, like, what, what were you doing in your life when you picked up a guitar? Did you just have one already? Like what happened with that? Well, it started with my mom. Mm-hmm. We were living together with my grandmother at the time, and she would practice a lot of Prince songs, like Purple Rain. Nice. So it was like the first song I learned on the electric. Because I started with the electric, then I went to the acoustic, oh, okay. which I I preferred a lot because the acoustic has thicker strings and a mm-hmm. neck. Like, it's just, ugh, But I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> but my mom, like, she's she's pretty incredible. She DJed. For a lot of stations here in Huntsville, like oh, cool. um, WJAB is one of them. And then she also toured with Billy Mays, if you know who that is. They're like R&B-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did like sound engineering for them and a couple other bands. Like She's really, really into music. And yeah. she's actually the one that got me into this jazz festival. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and that's the uh, Alabama Women's Jazz Yes. Festival going on the uh, 19th? Yes, from 2 to 8. Very cool. And uh, what time will you be going on? Like 2.20. First up? All yep. right. I Very am the cool. opening act. I'll be performing Color of the Birds. Not my first time performing it, mm-hmm. but my first time with a couple of other people. I have Michael Athey on the drums, and I have LaShawn Lankford on rhythm guitar. Very cool. So have you done a lot of uh, live performances with your guitar and stuff, or is this... Ever since I I felt like I could play, (laughs) Uh (laughs) which was probably around when I was, I started getting pretty good when I was 15. That's when I started Mm -hmm. writing music and saying, hey, I want to, I want to put this out there. But my first like real performance had to be in the choir room at my middle school when I was like 13. Uh-huh. And I just played a song for everybody in my choir. You were playing guitar back then, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, very playing cool. Qu- uh, playing the guitar and singing at the same so time. So what you play? Was it your, one of yours? or? Yeah, it was one of mine. I didn't try to do too many covers. Mm-hmm. But if I did do a cover, I posted it on YouTube. And that's when I went by Joey Likes the Stars. So I was really, really into astronomy. So do you remember which uh, track you you played no, for that? <laughs> so <I didn't>. <laughs> so too so long, long ago. ago. So long ago. Very cool. Well, do you find there's like uh, a big difference between the the art that you produce and r- record and process and all that and your li- live music or is it pretty close to the same for each one? Or? Well, you get two different feels. Mm-hmm. I like recording at home because, let me, how, how do I explain it? I have my own setup. You know, if right, I go play yeah. somewhere live, I can only bring what I can. You know, mm-hmm. I can't put a string of Christmas lights all around me and <laughs> candles lit, yeah. you know, maybe in a smaller venue, I could try to do all that. But otherwise, you're going to get a different feel. You never know who's going to be there, you know, right. how they're feeling when you sing the song. So you feed off of that vibe from the yeah. crowd. And in your room, you have your vibe mm-hmm. and whoever's with you. But it's just you can focus easier. But sometimes, you know, I get drowned out. When I'm playing live, like I just, mm. I don't realize that there's other people around. And right. I think that's the best time when you just, you're feeling yourself and right. you just play your music and then you snap out of it and you're like, oh, <laughs> there's people Still here, here, right? There's people here. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So uh, do you feel like any of your songs have changed because of your live performance of them? Like you brought anything to uh, people out and about and just feel like, oh, they reacted really good to this part or not so much to this part? Or Yeah, like I'll, I'll switch up how I, how I say something mm-hmm. or if I want to speed something up or if I want to do like 
like a break somewhere. Yeah. Just based on somebody that I looked at in the crowd. <laughs> like if they were really happy with what I was doing, I kept going and I'd draw that part out. But if I see someone that's kind of like not paying attention, I'll try to do something that's over the top, you know, to get their right. attention. Be like, hey, I'm playing music. <laughs> Listen to it. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a struggle for uh, any musician, depending on the venue and everything. It's like um, people are not always there to listen uh, to music. Sometimes they just want to talk about sports or whatever they're talking about. But it's good when you can have that like interface and like grab people's attention. Very cool. So uh, we got another track from you. This is Dandelion with uh, Tulpa. I said, did I say that right? Tulpa. Tulpa. Very cool. And uh, how'd you get hooked up with this guy? Through Twitter, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I was talking to Gabriella from Smoothie Tunes, and they're they're a label from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking like I'm trying to plan out my life, but you can't go with a definite plan. Right. <laughs> but I'm trying to think what would be best for my music, and that's mm-hmm. how I got in touch with her. They interviewed me at first. They found my music, and so I just I reconnected with her, and she said, "Hey." I think you like Ivan's music, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Tulpa. And so I started talking to him. He produced this track called Dandelion. And as soon as he as soon as soon he released it, I heard it because I was in my car and I was playing SoundCloud and it was on my feed. Mm-hmm. And I just started singing to it. And I'm like, wait, I have to get in touch with him. I have to tell <laughs> him that I made a song to this. And so Sweet. I told him my plan. And then like I got the okay from him that I could add my vocals to it, sent him a track with a um, you know, like a reference. And then it ended up being something else. Like at first Mm. it was more of like a a 60s soulful song. Yeah. And then we decided to switch it to something soft and just heartfelt as if I'm talking to the people that are listening. Right. Well, very cool. Well, let's give it a listen. Giovanni Alchemy with Dandelion.
That was Giovanni Yakimi with uh, Dandelion with Tulpa. I think I said it right. Yes. Yes. Very good. Very good. So um, you said this this had a lot of back and forth with uh, Mr. Tulpa. And you work with a lot of artists from all over, I guess. So, what 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 are the locations of your current your current uh, producers and stuff? Okay, so right list. now, <laughs> I'm working with a rapper slash uh-huh. motivational speaker. I like to call him a motivational speaker because every time I look at his Facebook, he has something awesome to say. Cool, I love it. Um, his name is Kyle. He's from Ohio, just mm-hmm. like Sean. Sean's from Ohio. I've worked with Mason. He's from Ohio as well. Um, then we've got Jordan from Almost. He's from California. We've got Ivan from Tulpa. He's from Pittsburgh. And then Colby from Airwave, which is like mm-hmm. a whole new genre I've explored. It's pop. I ha- like I haven't straight heard it. Just, up just pop. new age pop. Hmm. And he's from New York. So cool. those those are a couple of places I've explored. And, and you've also done France like the videos from France and yeah, you just gotta get a map on your wall and just start putting up it's like stars. Yeah, that's stickers. a good idea. Just do I might, them all. Might actually do that. <laughs> just start calling up people as like, oh, is this uh is this uh Siberia? I still need to do some uh, some art with you guys. So hey, who's, please get uh, back who's to your me. favorite SoundCloud artist? Okay. <laughs> the best of the top to ten in Siberia. I wonder what that is right now. I'm just like curious. Well, very cool. Uh, so you want to talk any more about uh, Dandelion? I know it, there's a, a lot of control is mentioned in this, which is like it resonates with me, like a struggle for control and like social situations and how that works out. Like, I, I'm a shut in, mm-hmm. you know, I like parties. I used to go to parties, but I never really could enjoy them the way I wanted to. I always caught myself every five minutes or 10 minutes saying, crap, when am I going to leave? And mm-hmm. checking the time or being on my phone. And then I just realized what kind of person I was. And I'm like, man, I don't go to parties. I don't I don't like parties. Why am I doing right. this? Why am I doing this to myself? Mm-hmm. And not until recently, I decided that I didn't like those social events. I went to a football game last Friday. Uh-huh. Like uh, a gigantic I, social event, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I got sick there. Um, emotionally and physically. Mm. And... Long story short, that's how that song came to be. It just made me realize who I am. And now I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm learning how to cope with mm-hmm. social, social situations, how to get out of things I don't like, and just be who I want to be and not care what other people think. Oh, yeah. That's like, I think that's a huge step for any person is is learning to say no to things. It's like... Yeah, maybe the world wants you to be some way, but you got to, like, stick up for yourself. That's that's cool. Because it gets... The problem I had is trying to impress people that Mm -hmm. I borderline thought were my friends. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept doing things. Like, I felt like I couldn't say no. Because then they'll think that I'm not their friend. But really, it's just... It's my life, you know? And if they're going to understand it, then great. I guess you are my friend. Right, right. But if you're not, then I don't want to have to try too hard to put this relationship together that's not really there right a natural in a natural kind of place they would just accept you exactly because right? i'm kind of one of those people where i have a lot going on a lot mm-hmm. on my mind i don't forget about my friends i'm thinking about them all the time it's just mm-hmm. sometimes it's harder for me to pick up the phone and say hey how are you doing because i just don't have the time to do it and I, right. it's, it's a sorry excuse because you should but i don't want to pick random like extremely random times out of the day the only person I can and check do in that on like a list of people kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, the only person I can really do that with is my friend Corbin. Mm-hmm. Like when that whole episode happened last Friday, I called him because I I didn't get any sleep. So at like six in the morning, I called him and I'm like, hey, so this happened, and I hadn't talked to him in a couple of months, and it just like we just picked up. Yeah, yeah. So it was fine, you know. And I like those relationships where you can just come back to each other. And right, right. And there's no, like, resentment Like, act like there was no it. distance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't take it personal. Right, right. Because they well, knew I think that's are. just a, yeah, I think that's a style for different people. Because some people are like that. They're like, oh, you didn't call me for a week or something. But I I guess I, I feel the same way where it's like, it's not because um, I don't care about you or, or something. It's just like, life happens. You know, if you want to talk to me, you can call me. I, mean, I would love to talk to you, but. Exactly. It's but, just you got to catch me at the right moment. Mm-hmm. So this this song's got uh, guitar and some piano and stuff like that. Is that all uh, Tulpa? Or? Yes. Very yes. cool. 
did it did that uh did was that track whole when you got a, got a hold of it or yes it was so very cool so you just had to like put it he released and it he released it. it on a soundcloud i heard it in my car started singing to it and uh-huh. i was like okay i need to tell him that i want to write to this <laughs> so i asked for permission sent him a rough draft then we just conversed back and forth and then did another one and that's how we got to dandelion my version very cool all right so you can check te- check out giovanni at the uh alabama women's jazz uh, festival and that'll be going on at Big Spring Park. That'll be September 19th. You can also find her stuff. It's all under Giovanni Akami. iTunes and Spotify October 1st, right? Yes. You've got those like new uh, releases? Yes. Cool. Learning and you have SoundCloud. What's that? TuneCore releasing all the stuff through all the stuffy stuffs. <laughs> the stuff through the stuff. I'm glad they have a service for that because there's so many things now. There was like over 20 that uh, they were telling me about. Hey, well, your your song's going to be released on all of these. And I'm like, right. Uh, okay. Good. Cool. I accept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can I can totally understand that because it's so it's so fractured nowadays that it's good and people I think I feel like people expect you to be there like they expect you to be on YouTube. And, you know, wherever they're at, they want to be like, oh, yeah, we have this. They can consume and it. All and all of those licensing rules. Oh, goodness. The distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've taken a couple of classes. Like, I, I did a la- I did a course last semester for music production because mm-hmm. um, I'm in Calhoun right now. But I'm going for my business degree with maybe that's a minor good. in music. I'm not sure yet. Hey, that's a good degree for anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, music, it's kind of... In the business world, it's a product. Mm, yeah. And so I want to do my own business and still love doing music. Oh, yeah. I that's... just I want to make it into a career, not just a hobby. Yeah, definitely. And that's a big, uh, I feel like probably the biggest like stumbling block for so many artists is they don't realize that they're also, they're the artist, but they're also like the PR person. They're also like the salesman and the store in a lot of ways. Like they don't realize that all those occupations were in like an actual business, they'd have three or four people to run departments on each one of those things. Like you are that, and, and like, that that mostly comes with indie artists. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. you can just sell your soul and your personality mm-hmm. to a label, like those starter up artist labels, the yeah. artist development teams that they mm-hmm. have going around. Those you have to be super careful of, because if you can't write, they'll find a writer for you. If you can't sing, man. They're going to find a style for you to sing in. Yeah. You you don't know how to dress? Whoops. Okay, here's some clothes, man. You like Michael Kors? We got you. We'll tape these eyebrows on you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I that's that's when I found out what the difference is between mm-hmm. labels and those artist development crews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that recently because I was talking to a man. I work at Guitar Center. And this uh-huh. guy came in and we were talking and... I didn't know too much about the business side of music. Like, there's some things uh, I'm still learning, like split sheets, for example. Like, I'm going to have to start doing split sheets with my producers Mm -hmm. if we start selling our music. Right. Because right now, all of it's free. But the unknown producer that I'm going to create an album with, we're definitely going to have to get very legal with it. Definitely. And that, that can split people up if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And so that's why I talked to that man but then he wanted me to sign a contract to become (laughs) a developed artist under him Uh like i already got my style like i already know what i want to do i just wanted to learn the business side yeah i have to sign a contract to do that and you you never know what they're like what's in the fine print or what they're gonna try and like pull you into it's like Mm -hmm. at least under your own flag you can always always know what you're making and producing and i'm not bashing these developers Uh like it's really cool it's an art as itself Mm -hmm. like finding somebody that's okay with you creating their style because they love music but they don't know what they want to do with it right like it's 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 great for people that have that preference like that's what i'm learning in life slowly all these different preferences that people have and there's so many subcategories that really you, you can't just label anyone Right. Because everyone's got something different about them. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to either relate it to yourself or someone else that you know and be like, well, I can probably chill with them or probably can't chill with them. And this right. is why. Yeah. People... No offense. You're just not my preference, unfortunately. Yeah. You just didn't click. Yeah. I think that's why uh, people always pull up like, well, we sound like this mixed with that mixed with that, you know, because mm-hmm. there are so many like different shades. 
that exactly. uh, make up the art and stuff. Well, thanks again. Uh, thanks so much, Joey, for coming out and talking with us. And looking forward to your performance. That's the 19th Alabama uh, Women's Jazz Festival over and at Big I'll Spring Park. And I'll be selling CDs yeah, very and cool. art. You know, three bucks for a CD, you get a couple of songs in there. And I'll be sa- selling like 8 by 11 art pieces that I've painted. Watercolor, if you like watercolor. I That's love awesome. Watercolor. Like some might be involved with the music too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be the it's gonna be the cover art for the CD. Oh, awesome. Hey, yeah, you're really like up. producing all your own stuff now because you got the art covered. You got the music covered. You just... I know what I want, so I do it. <laughs> Very cool. We'll go ahead and see uh, Giovanni September 19th, and thanks again for coming in, and all our listeners, have a great night. Woo! Woo! This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash Spice Radio Huntsville, or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.